Welcome to Subtle Beast, everybody. I'm your host, Foltz. With me, as always, my main man and partner in crime, Mr. Steve Apostolophilus. How are you, brother? I'm doing good, Foltz. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Family's doing well. Um, hey, all things considered, what's going on in, in the world right now, there's a lot of things up in the air that nobody really knows what's going on with, including the uh, recent pandemic that we've all been living in that... I don't know exactly where you're listening from, but uh, here in our state in Pennsylvania, the restrictions are tightening up once again, if you will. And uh, I mean, it, there's really not a difference in, in the mandates or anything, but it just seems that uh, people people are getting a little bit more scared based on news medias and such saying that the, the COVID numbers are going up. But, uh, you know, spike, a little spike, a little spike, if you will, which is interesting because uh, one of the things that I was reading about was uh, when they first locked down uh, the country, it was due to like 25 to 50 new cases per state a day. Now they're saying it's 500 and places are still open. So it's like, it's interesting. It's like, well, what's 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 what so but i guess depending on what state you you're living in or what country you're living in you're dealing with it on on a different level just know that we're all dealing with it and we're all trying to uh, d- uh get through this the best that we can and that's why subtle beast is uh continuing to push on with our podcast and uh you know try and stay away from the whole pandemic discussion and get back to our roots and such you got it folks that's exactly what i want to do so uh but yeah so uh Interestingly enough, our topic tonight, um, talking about like Elon Musk and Tesla, uh, a big topic of ours. Me and Steve will sit around and talk about this to infinity and not be recording it. So we decided, well, why don't we just take this uh, conversation and bring it on air, if you will. And Exactly. And I mean, uh, Elon Musk has been said to uh, be like the, uh, the, the Nikola Tesla of our time and even uh, has been compared to Albert Einstein, but even to, for him to be compared to be the Nikola Tesla of our time, I guess that would probably be the greatest because Albert Einstein was uh, in an interview one time and he was asked, what is it like to be the smartest man alive? And he said, I don't know. Ask Nikola Tesla. So there you have, I mean, what other man is going to go that in our lifetime? I mean, I would think that, Elon Musk would be considered one of the greats of all time. Uh, yeah, a fantastic innovator. Uh, maybe a Steve Jobs. Steve did a great job with Apple. Uh, you know, I still have an iPhone that I use every day. So <clears throat> there, there was a great one. But I think he does it a little. He did it a little bit differently than Elon does. I love Elon's uh, mission, which is to transfer us away from fossil fuels and and stop us from destroying ourselves right and i think that he's doing it in such a way i mean since the technology is so new to us that i don't think there's any anything to fear from oh let's say companies that are dealing in fossil fuels i don't think it's going to be a all right tomorrow no more fossil fuels i think it'll be a gradual phase out which i don't see too many people not being able to get behind and people will say well what about the people in the industries i think that those people will be absorbed into a tesla like new energy 
company, if you will. Uh, but they, they won't be like just laid off or go because they're going to need large workers for these factories. I, I see it as a win-win, but I don't see it as a, a detriment to our, our economy as, a, okay, no more fossil fuels. Right. I think that it's cool that he's making it cool. And that he, the art behind it and how cool it looks, the uh, Teslas, the cars specifically, they look like something I want. So I don't have a problem paying a little bit more for it. Not that I have a Tesla, but I wouldn't mind paying a little bit more for it because it's cool. I like it. I like the autonomous um self-driving aspect of the of the tesla and not necessarily for like everyday use but i can see like my family and i we like to go to myrtle beach and from where me and steve live that's like nine hours and you're traveling down 95 south which is just 95 south the entire way that would be great to just be like you know what i need like a 20 minute break because in a lot of the teslas the seats push back and they can turn towards the person beside you so you can just say i have a talk for a little and if something's going to happen it beeps and lets you know okay put your hands on the wheel you probably do it and it, it corrected itself by that point but like on a long trip like that now i'm not going to be one of the people that would be comfortable enough to be like i gotta take a nap i would be nervous i know and i saw the video of the guy taking a nap and I understand. He got off work. He's merging onto the highway. It's stop and go traffic. And he's thinking, this is going to be 45 minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back. I'm going to take a little snooze. Yeah. I mean, if it's if it's bumper to bumper traffic, I don't see an issue with that. But I don't want to be flying down a highway and people being like, that guy's asleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're there yet. But I mean, regardless of how anybody feels about Elon Musk, because quite honestly, I've heard people that really love him and people that are like, I think he's like deep state and stuff, which I, I don't tend to believe. Um, but people will because they'll throw up, oh, well, how's he working in the space industry with this, that, and the other thing without being – well, quite honestly, when he uh, he launched that car with the uh, with the astronaut right. in it up into space, uh, he got a lot of slack from a lot of federal agencies, including NASA, basically putting a restriction on him saying that once you break like orbit – like you can't have like your cameras on anymore. Like to, to you can't live stream it, right? He can have his cameras for his own purpose, but he can't live stream it like he was. And one of the reasons where, and and I strongly believe this is why they were shut down, is because when he did launch that car and it was live streaming and it was going through space, and I have a screen recording of it to my phone so that they couldn't be removed. That car's flying by, and you're just seeing all kinds of things like whizzing by it. I mean, it's true. It is so incredible. And what other reason would they restrict or restrict visual content from space other than stuff they don't want you to see? A hundred percent. I mean, a redacted CIA document with the black things over it. Yes. They don't want you to see that. You're you picturing a this thing flying out into uh, oblivion, you know, where I don't think that there was ever a stop point. It was just, let's see how long we can get the cameras to go and let's see how far we can get this rocket to go imagine you get to the point where you fly into uh, another civilization right or an armada of someone else's defense ships right um the government wants the option to take that away sure from the the general masses because they think it will blow our feeble little minds well yeah they had this commission i think it was like back in the 50s or such that where they determined whether the the, the human population could uh, handle the revealing of extraterrestrial life and now this committee that made the decision for the um, i forget what report it's called i can't believe i can't remember but made the decision for the world that uh 
we can't handle it. If there, if there, if there is alien life that we shouldn't be told because it would cause mass hysteria and a breakdown of society. Well, I think that we can handle dealing and living in a breakdown of society. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've spent the last since the '60s, since the '40s, the last whatever hundred years almost bracing us for that very thought. And I, I think the complete opposite. I think that it would, it would unify mankind because. Gosh, even Reagan said we'd have to put aside our petty differences because, and and not to say that the extraterrestrials would be hostile, but we need to be a unified front as humans, human beings and ambassadors of earth to be able to hold our own weight and not, and hold our standards, but eventually be able to come up with some type of trade, interstellar trade or something. But, you know, everyone would have something to lose that you have to be kind of standoffish, I would think. We have to think back, and this is how soon we've been so small. So you have to think back to when the idea of aliens was was really big in America, and the, you know, right after the Roswell incident, and and they were talking about Martians. You know, the aliens they could be Martians. Well, since then, and the tel- the space telescopes, the Hubble te- space telescopes, and our our broadening of understanding. Uh, we know what Mars looks like. We've landed rovers on Mars, and we know that there aren't little green men running around. Right, but we don't know if there's anything else running around there at this point because, I mean, who knows? Until maybe a guy like Musk, who I believe is in a truth seeker and people having the information, we may not know. I mean, in our research for this podcast talking about it, we came across that NASA's like really PO'd at Tesla. Well... And well, NASA is a part of the U.S. government, which will probably be linked up with Space Force, I would think, in some fashion. So if you've been a follower of our podcast for a long time, we've discussed what we believe is going on on the moon. So if NASA is really upset with Tesla, it's because, well, not only does he have intentions of going to Mars and blowing the lid off of what's been going on there and that it used to be a civilization, again, in Subtle Beast's opinion in the research we've done, that it used to be like an Earth-like planet. Uh, same, same, same with the moon. That there's lots of stuff going on there that's supposed to be suppressed. So, you know, Godspeed, Elon. You know, so Elon's uh, newest revelation, and he he does, and he's been known to put massive goals out there for his companies, SpaceX, uh, right. Tesla. Uh, he bought Solar City. He has the boring company. He's got a lot of companies, but he puts these massive goals out there, and people think, boy, are they attainable? And a lot of them are. A lot of them he is able to conquer. He had a problem with the Model 3. He went into the factory. He slept there for three nights, yep. figured out what the problem was, and the Model 3 started rolling off, and now they're everywhere. Yeah. I mean, he just he, he does unbelievable things in 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 my opinion that uh i think is going to revolutionize the way that the world can be sometime if everybody can accept it for the good that it is and and when when we were saying uh about the art of the car i think it's choice and you were saying that the the people that are in fossil fuel businesses and energy are not going to get run off they're not going to be put on the welfare line i think that it's choice People are choosing to go with renewable resources 
Elon is providing them and people are choosing, whether it's a little bit more expensive or not, people are choosing to go that way, which is cool that earthlings, humans, everyone here, given the choice, would rather go with a renewable resource. That gives me a little bit of hope in humanity that we're not all bacteria or we're not like, you know, a virus to this planet. Yeah. Trying to kill ourselves, trying to kill the planet. But, but given a choice, we would rather save ourselves and save the planet. Yeah. I mean, I, I read in, um, I don't know, either Fortune 500 or Business Insight or something like that, that on the planet Earth, there is only enough fossil fuels left for like, until like the year 2100. That might sound like far away. That's, what, 80 years from now. It's like a life. Yeah, that's a life. I mean, so I think by that time, there'll be enough technology produced by elon musk and tesla corporation that it'll be a smooth transition but by that time god only knows what what the earth will look like technologically because what i mean steve the starship yeah man this is a huge deal um it's it's been talked about i think all the way back to 2014 or so um elon actually has these plans and now prototypes for the starship that is going to take people to Mars first. Well, maybe to the moon and and Mars first, Um, but then interstellar. I I mean, yeah, I mean, the possibilities are endless. Uh, It'll be interesting to see and find out like what, what are the top speeds that this starship can travel at? Because just to try and put into perspective a little bit, uh, we launched two satellites in 1972 to go and uh, investigate Saturn's rings and, and possibly beyond if we could. One was launched two years ahead of the other one, and then the other one actually ended up catching up and passing it. But the one they ended up crashing into Saturn or Jupiter, I believe, just to get rid of it because it's got uh, – it's a uh, – it's basically a uh, atomic weapon, but the other one just continuously traveling through space. And I think, I believe, if I'm not, uh, if I'm not incorrect, that it only broke interstellar space, meaning that it it left the Milky Way galaxy within the last year or two. And it, were, it was launched in the 70s. 72. Oh man, that's a lot. So I mean, the Milky Way galaxy from one end to the other is a hundred million light years. Wow. Yeah, so it it's it it is an extremely long process to travel in space right now, but uh, it's all we got. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not traveling faster than the speed of light. In in we may have done that with a a proton, uh, like part of an atom, um, but we're we're not at the point where we can do it with something massive like a starship. Yeah, and, and, and I think that, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Starship, but I think what Elon Musk is, uh, what he has realized is that the, the human way of doing business on our planet is not going to be sustainable. Right. It's a bad way of doing business. It's the old way of doing business. It's what we had to do to get ourselves here, but now that we are here technologically, I think that we will we will adapt very fast to the new way of doing business. I think so too. I think we need to change from a, a taking society to a more giving society. And I don't mean that as in way people shouldn't have businesses and make profit, but reaching a hand out to your fellow man, I think is uh, the ultimate goal. In, in my opinion, 
uh, help helping people and and having love for your for your fellow man is, is why we're here. I agree. But um, I agree. But here's here's my my take on that. If we're if we have a starship and we're able to leave the planet, which the species hasn't been able to do yet, to create a civilization on other planets, that would essentially theoretically uh, help with the overpopulation. That's really where we're getting stuck right now. Is we have too many humans on our planet, and the humans that we have are destructive. Maybe not by nature that we're finding out, but maybe just because there are too many of us. Not yeah, too many, and there's too. I believe there's there's too much greed in in the corporate industries. They they know what they're doing to the planet as far as all the different industries that are affecting our planet, but they look at it as like ah, by the time I'm I won't be around when that happens, and that, I think that that's a selfish way of looking at it because that'd be the same way of saying why am I going to raise my kids properly? I'm not going to be around to see them act like buffoons, you know. So I, I I just think that there's there's different ways to go about it, but it really is exciting with the starship because the, the pictures of it. If you haven't seen, it, you got to go out. It, I said to Stephen pre-show, it's reminiscent of like seeing like a 1950s in black and white rocket that you would think that they would portray to go to the moon. And it, it is exactly what you would think it would look like. And it is that. And, and, and I like how Elon, he can throw in, he's got a lot of nostalgia that he wants to put, that he puts into his work. I mean, something like, we'll talk about it later in the show, but like the boring company, just calling it straight up that he's like, you don't want me to get into the details. It's boring, but this is what it's going to be. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Um, his uh, like ludicrous speed in his cars, a right. reference to space balls. I mean, he was destined for space, I believe. And you know, and there's a lot of people that have said, even Joe Rogan included, that hey, Elon, and there's a lot of people that say that you're an alien. And on the Joe Rogan show, I didn't hear him tonight, he kind of just laughed. He, yeah, he um, is light years ahead of it's. It's amazing that one individual can be that much brighter than so many others. What I like about him too is he doesn't. He's not arrogant in the way that he does business or talks about business. In my opinion, because he always says we approach every project because you uh, as it's not perfect because there's not there's nothing in this world that's perfect so you have to assume that there's something wrong so let's figure out what that is he was like and we, we can probably he's like we get most of our things within like 99 percent or even higher before it's ready to do anything you know and like you said gosh he had an issue with the car so he started sleeping there but i mean that's what an entrepreneur has to do i mean it all falls on him i always think it's interesting when he's being interviewed uh news anchors will say oh well who who's the lead um uh, engineer on this project and he's like me i'm like what is he gonna he's gonna sub out uh, i mean but he's so bright that people are always like well why should we listen to him um he didn't go to harvard and he always responds yeah but the guys i hired do or did yeah he surrounds himself with some really really special individuals yeah so uh, but they're saying that when they launched this starship in 2026 that it could have the capacity to hold a hundred people i saw that and i think that if you are going to Mars, you want more than like four or six people. Definitely. You want enough people. And I, I can't think that on the first one there's going to be any like uh, tourists. I think it'll probably be all scientists and engineers. Everybody is going to have a specific function and duty and be very valuable. And also, they're all going to have to double over. Being on the on the frontier like they are, there are good. They're going to have to do some labor, you know. No, you got to start from scratch. You have to build, uh, you know, habitats and such. And what's interesting is that 
Well, obviously, it's got to be a one-way trip, especially for the astronauts that are going. Because, I mean... That's not true. Nine months. It's nine months, but are they going to go back home? Because here, here's an issue that, that arises. And there's actually a movie. Um, I can't recall what it's called, but uh, there was a civilization living on Mars similar to this situation. And they had a child that grew up there. Well, they couldn't go back to Earth because for the atmosphere, for him, it was completely different. It enlarged his heart and everything. They, they the ended space up having, between us. The space between us. That's what it was. Yeah. So, I mean, he eventually, what, he had to go back to Mars. Or, yeah, he came to Earth, but it was a short visit. Um, but being born on Earth, I think you would be able to reacclimate to Earth. And uh, the problem, and it's a reusable, the, the Starship is a reusable rocket. Um, the problem would be fueling. But what he's doing is he's sending advanced teams up there that are not human. They're, they're just, uh, they're driven, you know, autonomously. And they're going to have everything they need to immediate if they if they had to immediately send the rocket back they would be able to do that because they're going to have the habitat already up there all the fuel up there they're going to have all the provisions that they need ahead of time before humans actually touch down on mars right and another thing that i believe that a type of technology that he's working on for that specific goal of sending uh droids and cyborgs and different robots up is these robots will find what they need off of the land there and they will construct what they need they'll, they'll construct another one of themselves and then they'll keep doing that until there's enough of these robots just basically doing everything and they want to use that for harvesting comets too which they say uh was i think there's a one comment out there that there's enough gold in it that it's like a Enough that every person on Earth could have like a thousand dollars or like a million dollars or something like I that. I saw the total amount and it was like just one comet zero zero zero. There was yeah. this the value of the uh, mining this comet would be so much. I think that uh, a lot of people and, and myself included think about oh wow that would, it would be really awesome to to be able to go on on that voyage. But what, like me and Steve were talking about, it's a nine month journey to Mars. Now, to put that in perspective, going back to the uh, pandemic that we're dealing with here, we've been dealing with that for nine months. So imagine how crazy people have been there or felt like uh, locked up in their homes for, for nine months or not being able to go do their favorite activity. Imagine being like in a capsule for nine months. Now, it's a large capsule. But it, w- it would amplify it so much. And I have seen some erratic type of behavior space dementia and stuff and i you know and when i see it i actually reach out to those people and try to help them i feel grounded and i'm blessed to have worked and been essential uh through this whole thing to just give myself some normalcy but uh there's definitely an effect on society as a whole and individuals um being in the pandemic so i can only imagine how it would affect you mentally to be in a capsule for nine months folks yeah i mean they do go through a lot of psychological training as astronauts i I know that there's a place um i believe it's out in like uh death valley or some desert where they, they they set them up in like pods for like months on end to see and track basically their psyche dealing with the same people all day long and the little idiosyncrasies that you don't like about a person like after a month, they'd be like, I like the way this guy's chewing. I like the way the guy's blinking his eyes all the time. I mean, simple, it'll make you crack up. And if you're in space, you need to be able to keep it together. They need you sane and calm. Yeah, there there, there would definitely need to be, you know, security personnel, uh, mental stability personnel on board as part of the team. 
but I, that's the minimum. That's that that is a worthwhile um, cost to pay to get to where we want to be to get to that colonization of Mars. Right, because I mean. Again, he's got a he's got a goal of twenty twenty six, and that's what I do like. Another thing about Elon is people always say, "Can he can he reach his goals or his dreams that he's talking about?" And I always think yes because he doesn't speak them as uh, this is what I want to do. He puts dates behind him, which make that's the definition of a goal. That separates a dream from a goal is putting a date on something. And let's just say he gets it by twenty twenty seven. Anybody else think that they can improve a spacecraft in a year that's going to take you to Mars? I mean, he's gone from what? The first proper test was, uh, or not even the, pro- the, the the first test was like a 50-foot test. It was like in August. We, we got to watch that one. Right. And then they did another one What was it? The pro- that it went up to 50,000 feet, and then it comes and it lands well, back That up. one's actually going to happen this week. Oh, that's this week. That's the, right. The 50-footer, and it, it ended up not being 50-footer. It was like kind of a little bit higher than that. Yeah, it was. But it, it looked like a corn silo i mean it was a very like uh first prototype version of this starship it was really it didn't have the fairings on top i think they were really just testing the engine part of it yeah um but it was successful they got it to go up and come right back down which elon's gotten pretty good at yeah i mean when i first saw this thing or the, the the like steve said almost like a silo to go up the 50 foot test the first thing it made me it made me or think of was the movie the dictator when he's like the top of the bomb has got to be pointy and like, that doesn't have anything to do with it <laughs> so it's just like i mean it doesn't matter i mean it went it, it flies i mean it, it can they're gonna get it into space and I'll tell you what and that's in the next five years yeah i mean the second test this fifty thousand foot test is it's going to be a big one that's actually pretty high up uh i was twelve thousand feet during my skydiving experience and that was way up i can't i can't even imagine i mean jet airliners flying at between 20 and thirty thousand feet so i would think at fifty thousand feet you're at the very top of the atmosphere very maybe not low orbit but it's it's definitely going to prove whether or not this thing is going to be able to get out there well the, the all they say that all scientists have agreed that space from earth starts for, at 62 miles up so to put that you might that's like wow that's a long way actually if you could drive it you could drive to space in an hour or less wow so and that's at 60 miles per hour yeah so i mean it's not that far away but um it's really hard to get to. Yeah, it's really hard to get up there. But you would think now, obviously, he's putting a lot of his time and focus into this goal of being able to get this rocket into orbit into, and on its way to Mars by 2026. You would think, all right, well, this guy can't have anything else going on. He can't have any uh, other side projects to distract him from going to Mars. But that's far from the truth. Well, he actually made the top priority of SpaceX the Mars landing. And he did that as soon as he was done launching humans into space. So his goal at that time was, um, and he was using his Falcon rockets, he was using the the Falcon heavy engines, and his goal was to get humans into space, and I watched it. It was amazing. He launched uh, astronauts to the International Space Station. I watched the docking procedure, and it was down pat, man. They had it like just 
every single procedure that they did, they did it, they double-checked it, and it was a complete success. Yeah, because Steve was saying in pre-show that the docking took like six hours just because oh. they were quadruple check. And like I said to Steve, if I was one of those astronauts, I'd be like, you know what? Check it again if it takes seven hours. Right. You're, you don't want to rush opening that door. Uh, you got the whole way there. And obviously, when that rocket blasts off, I would think that the um, there are probably more safe times. It, uh, not that there's ever really safe time to be on a rocket, but there are probably higher uh, percentages of fail at certain points, like right at takeoff, uh, probably when they're maybe uh, dropping the tanks the fuel tanks off yeah and then at docking the docking part you get the whole way there you can't blow it at the last part you're five feet away yeah because if if they wouldn't double check all that me and steve were talking about this as well if you've seen the movie interstellar when um oh what's the guy dr man is his name in it but what's his name in real life i don't remember uh ben affleck's best friend uh you know matt damon yeah matt damon he is trying to over, take <laughs> over good. this take this ship over and uh it's it, it's not hooked on it's imperfectly connected and they're warning him if you open that door it's gonna blow and he doesn't listen and he opens that door and it's just vacuum and it just destroys a portion of this ship and they're just like oh my god yeah do you think he kind of lost it there yeah i think he was insane i mean i mean look when they took him out of that like uh hibernation he just started bawling he hadn't seen people in 10 years oh, or oh more gosh. imagine what that does to your brain oh i know and then to be <coughs> pardon me to be a man like uh, <coughs> oh my goodness to be a man like uh elon musk and uh be able to create and be able to go to space but on top of that not only that he's a uh, He's open to merging with some of the top auto manufacturers in the world. For Tesla, yes. So, I mean, we, we kind of throw the terms out loosely. Like, sometimes I'll say Tesla and I mean SpaceX or I'll say Space because it's all kind of under that Elon Musk umbrella. But, boy, that umbrella has grown. Yeah, it certainly has grown into something massive. And, again, we believe that it's going to be good. Um and if anybody thinks, oh, well, Tesla, as far as an auto industry, they're just at the beginning stages and they're not one of the top players like Ford or Toyota. Not true. Not true at all. Uh, Steve, why don't you go over some of those stats? So Elon Musk made a new comment about being open to discuss a merger between Tesla and other automakers. The comment is interesting in the context that Tesla is now the world's most valuable automaker by a wide margin. And the industry is in the middle of an extremely disruptive transition. While Tesla was never a subsidiary of another automaker, it did have partnerships with established automakers in the past. Toyota and Daimler both used to be large investors in the California-based automaker, and Tesla used to produce electric powertrains for them. Those supply programs were phased out during the first half of the 2010s. In 2014, Daimler sold its stake in the electric car manufacturer, and Toyota did the same in 2017. Since then, Tesla hasn't had any kind of partnerships with other automakers other than selling them regulatory credits. Over the last years, Tesla's valuation has surged, and over the last few months, it rapidly surpassed all other manufacturers of cars, to what is now a valuation of over half a trillion dollars. 
Today, CEO Elon Musk received an Axel Springer Award in Germany. And that's from the day this article was written, not from today. And during an interview with the CEO, Matthias Daphner, he's, he was asked if he was serious about the option to buy an existing automaker. And what Musk said was, we're definitely not going to launch a hostile takeover. But if somebody said it would be a good idea to merge with Tesla, we would have this conversation. Right. Meaning, basically, if they want to come on board like uh, Ford, you can, but you're going to be Tesla. Exactly. So here's the thing. Uh, he, he puts a low chance on it actually happening, but financially, it is starting to make sense. If you look at the top 20 most valuable automakers, Tesla could absorb many of them without massive dilution, meaning what Fultz just said. Uh, the top ones, Toyota, Volkswagen, Daimler, uh, General Motors, BMW, Ferrari, Honda, all of those are the top ones, but they're not even close to the valuation of, of what Tesla is. The closest one would be Toyota with a market cap of 190 US billion. Tesla's market cap is currently at 548 billion US dollars. That's crazy. And it made their price share like $578 a share. So they are more than double what the second place guy is. They could easily swallow Honda, the 10th place at $48 billion market cap. Without a, without a question. If you and if you started from the bottom of the list of the t- of, of the top 20, I mean, he's got enough funds to it looks like almost encapsulate all 20 yes which uh, that's mind-blowing so um since the acquisition of the fremont factory it has been clear that tesla prefers to build factory and production capacity from the ground up so it is truly faster and more efficient to acquire the production capacity or build it themselves if it comes down to it tesla can be more efficient in building their own factories than if they were to buy a toyota factory because they're obviously geared towards different things toyota's the majority other than uh like prius run off of fossil fuels and and there are no teslas that do that right and just to put into perspective i mean uh worth a half a trillion dollars so i'm just going to give you some stats on on a trillion so a trillion if you had a if you had a billion dollar bill no if you had a thousand dollar bill you'd have a billion of them if you had a million dollar bill you'd have a million of them a million million dollar bills yep and it's here it's interesting it says few of us will ever see a million dollars all at once in our lifetimes even fewer of us will will see a billion and no human being in the history of the world has ever amassed a trillion dollars if you spent one dollar every second around the clock it would take you thirty one thousand six hundred eighty eight years to spend a trillion dollars that's a massive amount of money i bet my wife could do it much faster (laughs) they would have a good time trying that's for sure well i'll tell you what so steve uh i would assume that with him going to space and mars and maybe uh or he's got tesla cars and maybe he's gonna own all of them 
that he doesn't have anything else going on besides that, right? Well, you would think that that would fill the majority of his time, right? I would think so. No. So what else has he got going on? Not even close. He has actually revolutionized the entire world's internet system with the Starlink. Starlink. It is a fascinating project that he already has started and put uh, satellites into space. Uh, and uh, it's going to basically, what, give internet service, Wi-Fi service, anywhere that you are in the world, if you buy uh, this equipment and pay a monthly fee to Starlink. Uh, they have equipment box, which comes with like a satellite. So like Steve was saying in, uh, before uh, in pre-show, that if you're out on a boat in the middle of the ocean, you'll be able to get perfect Wi-Fi. And uh, if you're uh, hiking a mountain or out in the desert, you set up this equipment with the satellite you get your perfect uh wi-fi and the speeds on it are incredible and even at this time i mean it's it's open to the public for beta testing and the equipment at this time is 500 bucks which i don't think is unreasonable and then like a monthly fee of 99 bucks to be able to take this equipment anywhere you go gosh i know i go up to hunting cabin sometimes and can't get reception it's true. The uh, the speeds for it are right now between uh, 50 megabytes per second and 150 megabytes per second, which if you have been shopping for internet recently, maybe you think that isn't really that fast. And I know that just the internet at my house is, is 200 megabytes per second. But here's the, the kicker. The internet at my house comes from the wires that are hooked up to the grid. Elon's giving you the option to take it anywhere in the world. True Wi-Fi, completely wireless. And uh, and that's the speed that it's at now when it's open to the public for beta testing, which currently they only have around 900 satellites currently in orbit. And the goal is to have thousands. So if it's at 100 megabytes per second right now at 900, wait till the, uh, the, the entire... Um, our entire orbit around the globe has thousands of it. It's probably be just instant. That's one of the things that Elon does. He 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 almost runs his businesses like kickstarts. Yeah, kickstarters. Um, this so he has it up and he has it open to the public, and he's saying that it's for beta testing, but it's it's fully operational. And uh, for ninety nine bucks a month, you can get internet at a at a good speed anywhere that you go and it's only going to get better from there because as the more satellites come up there you're going to get less uh dark spots and the latency which is the speed at which the data travels from the satellite to your device is also going to get better and he's project he's projecting a latency of between 16 and 19 milliseconds which is pretty fast considering in 1969 on the uh quote-unquote moon landing that supposedly it took 15 minutes in between question and answer when the astronauts were on the moon which is interesting because they held a phone conversation with richard nixon in real time but we won't get into that but so starlink i think i'm probably i don't know if i'm going to jump on board as far as as the beta testing but when he's got all those satellites up there i think that's going to be my route i mean it is, it is super cool and it's cool for the fact that it can go anywhere and it's truly satellite uh internet um i think that he will be able to compete with what's going on now but i don't think he's there yet but like i said he he runs these businesses like like uh 
like kickstarts where he he's going to continue to drive his prices down for that internet till he is able to compete with the big comcasts or whatever the cable companies are but see i don't even really look at that they'll push they'll push that uh why would you get that because we give you the equipment which isn't necessarily true because you got to pay 20 bucks sometimes for your dvr recorder and such but it's not going to be yeah you maybe get that equipment for free and that it's and your internet is a little bit cheaper but what i would want to pay a little bit more that i can just bring it wherever i want i like to be able to go out in the woods and do whatever i like to we like to travel if i'm going to go to some island that doesn't have good reception well now i got perfect reception so you get what you pay for i guess is what i'm saying you wouldn't be like you know what i'm going to buy this cheaper version of the smaller car i got this big mountain to go up or would you put a little bit more money into a car you know is definitely going to make it and you're going to be safe the entire trip I mean, there's maybe no safety involved in this, but there could be. What if you're in a, in a spot where you're not getting cell phone reception, but if you had Starlink, you can make connection and potentially your life saved. We, uh, we, had a, we had a beach house and it didn't have internet, which was no big deal because you were only down there you know, for a week at a time and everybody's got their phones and you really can get everything you need off of your phone. But I did have... Uh, some teenagers at the time and, a, and an infant and that week without internet sure sure wasn't fun a lot of complaining going on i'm sure so we uh we don't have a beach house anymore but we were down at the beach last month actually in october for a week and we stayed in a hotel which had free wi-fi right and we brought our apple tv because we didn't know what the weather was going to be like it was awesome but it didn't have to be and we were so comfortable in our little bubble with our devices and it would be so cool to be able to bring that comfort anywhere that you want i think that what elon's doing with starlink is truly amazing and, and i'm a fan of his i'm a fan of starlink i'm a fan of the portability of of the internet anywhere yeah and the top companies like apple and um and Samsung, they're going to be offering apps that you can utilize the Starlink from if you want to become a customer of that. And wow, I mean, I, obviously they see the worth in it. They're like, you know what? If you can't beat them, join them. So we're going to be able to offer it as well. I mean, true entrepreneurship. They, they don't want to miss out. Yeah, that's a synergy. That's a, a respect synergy between Apple and uh, Elon and Tesla and Starlink and everything that he does. Yeah, 100%. Well, we can. We got one more of his companies that we're going to cover and uh, two more. I'm sorry. Two more companies. So we'll, we'll, we, we mentioned this earlier in the show, the boring company. It's not boring at all. It's, it's not boring at all. As a matter of fact, it's trying to put into perspective what he's got doing with his, with his boring uh, company right now is they're, they're, they're actually, they're literally digging tunnels through the underground of uh, in, uh, in Las Vegas right now. They want to have a, they want to be able to provide transportation from one end of what Vegas to the other. I believe it's just the the uh, just the convention center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is massive, right? Because they say they say it's like fifteen minutes to walk, and for during this convention, they're going to offer transportation from one end to the other, and they say it's going to take two minutes. And at first, I was like, "Wow, that doesn't seem like a a, a big time difference as far as when dealing in, in something Elon Musk related." But then to find out that it's only going to really be used for this one specific convention, which is most likely going to be postponed because it's supposed to be in, what was it? It's supposed to be coming up. 
Right. It, it's a, the compute. It's the uh, everything that's electronic. It's the electronics convention. Right. And and they cost it cost the convention center fifty two point five million dollars to have this built, and it's really only going to be used at a massive scale during this convention if and when it happens. And that's a large investment just to to show what uh, Elon Musk can do, but also to probably. You know, put your arm around them a little bit and be like, well, we're best friends, right? We'll do this again, right? Vegas Vegas loves you. Right. I think it, it was actually not, not a publicity stunt, but maybe more of a novelty, which, I mean, many cities have, you know, St. Louis has the Ark. Right. A little novelty, but it gives you something to say, hey, we've got the Ark and it puts St. Louis on the map. The same thing with the convention center in Las Vegas. Uh, with the Boring Company, what they're talking about is creating the Hyperloop and the Hyperloop, uh, the information for the Hyperloop has been on the internet for years. Right. Elon created the idea. He has the dimensions and everything. And he said to the public, I don't have the time to do the Hyperlink, but this is how the Hyperlink should be done. And if you'd like to do it, do it. In the meantime, he found time and created the Boring Company, which is what he's going to use to dig larger, more uh, massive scale hyperlink tunnels. So the first one that he did was right outside of SpaceX. It was on their campus. The second one that they did was in Las Vegas at the convention center. And it's not a true hyperlink, but it is traveling through a tunnel in an autonomous vehicle. So they have uh, Model Xs, they have Model 3s, they have a variety of different Tesla models that they're using for the tunnel in Vegas. And it's just going to be a big loop where you hop into a Tesla and you get to the other side of the campus in a shorter amount of time. The actual Hyperloop is a vacuum sealed, kind of like when you go to the bank and you send your money in through the Exactly, yeah. That's what it's going to be like, but he's trying to make the first one from San Francisco to Los Angeles so that that traffic, all of the time-consuming nature of traveling between those two cities is gone, and you can get from Los Angeles uh, to San Francisco in less than 20 minutes. I wonder if they're going to have a problem running into how far down they can dig or if it's going to have to be constructed underwater, especially near Los Angeles all the way up to San Francisco. I'm sure that it's going to have to go underwater at some points. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be amazing. I mean, even I think, I think either Japan or China, they have something that like the it's some type of rail system, like a train, but it runs on magnets and it goes like as fast as a jet airliner, yes. like almost like 600 miles an hour. I've seen it, and it appears to float. Yeah, it's just like it's like two two magnets repelling each other, but propelling you forward at such a speed. It, they're electromagnets. Yeah, it's yeah, I mean, so to, awesome. I mean, you could be on a train and be from the East Coast to the West Coast in five hours at that speed. I mean, that's how long a plane takes. Yep. I mean, it's crazy. What what now? Will we have advantages to the to these tunnels in our lifetime? If we do, I think that we're probably going to be a little bit older. But uh, gosh, the. Well, you and I got to ride the New York City subway system together. That's true. That's very true. And that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting day or uh, time on there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was interesting. It was a little overwhelming at first, but it would be uh, like second nature. It would be like an upgrade to make it go from the train that you're getting in, the little capsule train, to a little capsule that's a part of the Hyperloop. Yeah, uh, I'm into it. And as long as Elon keeps, keeps on creating things... I've been waiting for 
Well, since I was five years old and told in the planetarium that we were going to have flying cars by, uh, by uh, what, the year 2000. Yes, uh, everybody used to use the year 2000, because this was uh, 80s and early 90s. That was definitely 80s. Yeah. And uh, the year 2000 seems so far away. But, you know, so is life. You, you put these numbers on things, and it seems so far away when you start. But before you know it, in the blink of an eye, those numbers are the reality. It really is. I mean, everyone thought that by now we'd be living like the Jetsons, and it really doesn't seem to be that way. Well, Teslas drive themselves, man. They, yes, they do. <laughs> and, and, and well, they got, they're working on, what, an entire city or... Yes, yeah, Solar City. Uh, it is. It is. It was the largest production of solar panels in the United States. And what it was from the very beginning, it was connected to Elon. It was two of his cousins that started Solar City, and they were putting solar panels on the roofs of houses, and they were leasing them to you. So you were you were not going to own them. They were putting them up there, and there was some there were some good reviews. There were some bad reviews. Part of it, part of the issue with it was that you didn't own your own equipment. Right. There's and, a lot of companies doing that right now, and and people do want their own equipment. It, it's it's really expensive to own solar panels. But what Elon did was he bought uh, the the company back from his cousins, and now it's under the Tesla umbrella. And it's part of uh, Tesla Energy, which is um, the wall units that they have that will charge your car without plugging it in, and these these solar panels that are made by Panasonic. And what he changed with the business model there was now you can buy these panels. And when you buy these panels, you own all of the energy that they produce. Whereas before, you were leasing the panels and the energy was getting broken out and some of it was going back and being sold back to the grid now that's not happening and if it is you you are the one that's selling that energy back but you're buying these solar panels and they come in tesla comes in does the install sells you the panels and then you use those panels to generate the energy for your house and they're and they're not necessarily like what people are thinking of as far as big ugly solar panels on your roof what they've come up with is uh smaller solar panels without your roof that are like the size of a shingle and your whole house is shingle and you can't tell that they're solar panels if you live out like uh like in the midwest or whatever with a like the different kind of like i don't want to say mesas but like a you know like the like the cylinder ceramic rooftops they have them they have them uh in that form too so many different forms and you would never know that they're solar panels just it's just ingenious and so it's so going to be affordable too I love those roofs too. I'm trying. That's right on the tip of my tongue. I think it starts with a T. Um, so basically, if the, if he can get this thing into a large scale, he would be replacing a major utility because to run the energy for your home, whether it's uh, the electric that you use, or if you uh, if you you have a subsidiary energy like uh, gas or um, Oh, let me think. Natural gas, propane, whatever you use to create the energy that your home would normally operate from, these solar panels are going to be able to now take that over. You will you will no longer need the gas company. They're again saving the fossil fuels, which is kind of the motif uh, that Elon runs on. 
well said well said and i i think that there's that company is just simply called solar roof by tesla yeah uh incredible i i want to get my hands on just about every product that he has other than probably my own spacecraft because i don't think i'd be able to afford that (laughs) but uh let's see um i want to get and i did pre-order the um the cyber truck and people have said oh it looks ugly that's fine. Don't look at it. It's beast mode. It's got a ton of storage. It's probably going to be one of the bigger vehicles on the road. Oh, they're huge. I saw Jay Leno driving it. Yeah, and uh, I'll be excited to uh, take it for a spin and use a little autonomous on the way, and it's just going to be great. Steve, do you want to uh, talk about uh, one of Elon's latest creations? Uh, uh, his child? Yeah. Yeah, well, here, I'll just read you a little bit from uh, from this one article. Entrepreneur Elon Musk and musical artist Grimes welcomed a baby boy named XAEA-12 to the world. (laughs) Here's a possible explanation of the name. The stars are aligned for Grimes and Elon Musk's son, XAEA-X11, meaning A12. Grimes, whose real name is Claire Boucher, shared a sweet new picture of her nearly seven-month-old son on her Instagram. And it appeared that the apple didn't fall far from the tree. In the snapshot, XAEA-12 is is seen gazing at space, a themed book that illustrates a bubble space telescope while appropriately wearing a onesie covered in gold stars. Now, like father, like son, Musk is the CEO of Tesla and founder of SpaceX and the company that is valued around $36 billion. Um, Boucher is 32. Musk is 49. Uh, They welcomed their little space cadet (coughs) in May and made headlines with his unique moniker, which is pronounced X-Ash-A-12. He goes by X for short. Musk gave credit to the child's mother on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, who mostly came up with the name. She's great at names and said, babies are awesome. They're little love bugs. XAA12 is Grimes' first child. Musk also has five sons, a set of twins and a set of triplets from his first marriage. The infant appears to have developed sophisticated taste in not only books, but media as well. Grimes said her infant son enjoys radical art. When you, when you have triplets and uh, and twins like that sign, generally speaking, of uh, I, IV in vitro. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. But wow, God bless them, man. Well, yeah, what an amazing life from PayPal all yep. the way to Mars. I mean, I'm sticking by Elon's side to see what he comes up with next and see how these projects complete and how they carry out and absolutely fascinating to watch this happen yeah totally and uh with starship 2026 godspeed yeah you know so we just might make it to see a, a colony on mars well like the baby boomers got to say they saw men land on the moon right we'll be able to say we saw men land on mars that's amazing it, it truly is what an incredible topic i love talking about musk and everything then future possibilities and such pardon me but uh had a great time i had a great time too like like fold said at the beginning and we 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 
do this often uh but we just decided to put this one out there for you guys to listen to because there was a bunch of things that you know recently happened that we weren't aware of like that valuation on tesla yeah amazing it really is and finally putting a date on the the launch of the starship is just the these things are so intriguing and we talk about them so often that we wanted to talk about them with you so thank you for listening yep and uh until next time i'm volt and i'm steve and we'll see you next time take care one another bye-bye